Hey there, I'm Adam Gonzalez. And I'm Jesse Espinoza. And this is Creepy Crawling Cryptids, where we talk to you about your favorite creepy crawly creatures from crypts to creeks. Today we're talking about dragons, specifically eastern dragons. 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 <laughs> so, Get I'm a dragon. <laughs> is it, they're not Pokemon. They just make... I think they could just talk. Dragon. Well, so that's the thing, is that I think eastern ones can talk. But Western ones can't. Real, real dragons can talk. Yeah, you know, I think it's like a specific each. You know, it's it's per dragon. Yeah. Some people can't talk. Yeah, I, you're right. Some <laughs> people can't mutism. talk. Selective mutism is a fascinating thing. Yeah. We could probably get into that later. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... off off mic. <laughs> so anyway, I'd like to start this with uh, one of the Chinese stories of creation. There are many of them because since the Chinese are a very old people. Yeah, they're one of the longest having standing civilizations overall. Yeah. Took a Chinese or like a an Asian civilizations course. Oh yeah. Which is neat. Yeah, they they've been yeah. kicking for a minute. Yeah, I remember when I took anthropology, one of like the best things of studying humans is in China in this cave where I think it was like the the cave had limestone in it. So when there'd be an earthquake, it would collapse, kill them, and then like some new people would settle in that cave, <laughs> and then there'd be an earthquake, it collapse, kill them, and so it did this several times. Right. So you could tell. I think it was like even pretty consistent, like every hundred years or something. <laughs> So you could like see how people changed. It's yeah, pretty interesting. It is neat. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so in this story, uh, Earth was separated into five parts: the land of the birds to the east, which was ruled by the phoenix; the the land of the beasts to the south, that was ruled by the tiger; the land of insects to the west, ruled by the bee, which is the worst one. <laughs> but you don't like the land of the insects. Would you want to go to a land full of insects? Bugs don't bug me. Like, bugs don't bother me. So, you want to, like, hang out, take a nap, have a bunch of flies and shit crawling on you? Uh, not... Mm, mm. I I mean, I wouldn't want to be there for a long period of time. But if I'm just passing through, I'm not going to be upset. Okay. (laughs) I don't want to go to the land of the beast. Do you know how big tigers are? Yeah, but, like... Bengal tigers are eight feet. Yeah, but you could be friends with them. No, you can't. You could feed them. They're, they weigh tons. Like, a ton. Well, you could believe that. They can kill you with a swipe of your well, That's why I'm going to be their friend. <laughs> You're not going to be their friend. I'll feed them, they'll love them, and then they'll take me in as their own. I really like the, the relative realm of reality where it's like, yeah, tigers, bees, phoenix! Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then there's one more. Uh, the aquatic to the north ruled by the giant turtle. Oh. And so, at the center of all this was a monkey with three heads and six arms. That's horrifying. Yeah, so, this is where the story takes kind of a weird turn. So, each of the leaders loved this monkey. Huh. Like, like platonic love? Or no, like, like, wanted to court this monkey? Yeah, so, they all sexed down with the monkey. <laughs> and so, she gets pregnant. Oh, oh the monkey was a she? Yeah. Wow, I am not a feminist, apparently, because I assumed the monkey was a man. I mean, just because it's biologically a female doesn't mean it identifies as a female. You're right, that's my bad. <laughs> so ignorant. Anyway, so she lays 99 eggs. So all the other rulers try to steal as much eggs as they can from her. 
the monkey laid eggs. Yeah, the three-headed, six-armed monkey. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, so the other rulers, they try to take as much eggs as they can. They get all of them except for one, it, which is the largest that the monkey protects. So this egg hatches into a python. Favoritism. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get what stick with the best one. Yeah. So the monkey has uh, the python go retrieve the other egg. <laughs> So, he just goes in and just eats anyone that tries to get in his way. <laughs> like, this this python is unstoppable. Well, pythons are pretty unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as he ate, he grows bigger and stronger. He grows <laughs> legs. I'm sorry, he grows wings. Uh, his head changes into the head of a bull. He grows deer horns. He gets the mouth of a pig. He gets hawk's legs. And at this point, he becomes a dragon. Ah. Uh. So this this dragon is just going around eating people left and right. So the other leader's like, okay, so I'm sorry, I'll return the. <laughs> that's that's golden. Yeah. Well, I mean, what other option do they have? <laughs> when well, a dragon rolls in, it's like, like a, give me your eggs. You yeah. Get it to them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, uh, Mister Mister Tiger. It's like, yeah, what's going on? Um, there's something coming towards us kind of fast. And it's like, what is it? And he looks like, oh god, oh god, <laughs> give the eggs back, give the eggs back, <laughs> like. Yeah, so the dragon goes around and breaks them all, and so it creates all the creatures, and they just kind of go out throughout the world. So, uh, all except for two, which eventually hatch into a man and a woman. And so that's one of the Chinese stories of creation. That's really neat. Yeah, it's, it's a real neat story. I like it. Yeah. Um, but so, in terms of the description of the dragon and that, right? Um, dragons are... Eastern dragons are long, scaly creatures. Um sort of serpentine-like, you could say. Um, very often, they don't have wings, though, in these stories. Some do, but more often than not, they're wingless. Um, they have horns, uh, little, like, spots on their head that are believed to be, like, magical stones. A lot of a lot of interesting aspects about them. Um, however, the Chinese, the Japanese, and the Korean uh, lore of these dragons each vary just slightly. So Chinese dragons have five toes. So if you ever see a drawing or like a painting, mm-hmm. you can know what it um like where it might be like coming from, specifically based off its toes. Yeah. So the Chinese dragon has five toes, and the Chinese believe that the uh, dragon originated in China. Oh, you know, okay. yeah, of <laughs> yes, um, and that once it began to fly away, it would lose toes the further it got from China. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, the Japanese believe that the dragon has three toes. Which would entail, you know, flew away from China. And so, uh, the Japanese believe that the uh, dragons, of course, originated Japan. And um, <laughs> they believe that as they leave Japan, they gain toes. Oh, oh <laughs> so that's how they got back at the Chinese. They're like, it's not that they lose toes, they gain toes. Yeah, the further away they were from China, the more toes they had. Or from Japan, the more toes they had. I like it how uh, they just flipped it on them. Uh-huh, yeah, They're so this like, is... We're going to take your right and your dragons. <laughs> yeah, so this is, why other, <laughs> this is why other dragons have more toes. Um, but they also... Uh, the um, So... Chinese or Japanese dragons' breaths turn to clouds, and uh, could produce rain or fire. Oh. So it's like they're like like they could breathe oh. out clouds. They could produce rain or fire. Yeah, so they get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, 
And they could also ascend to heaven when they chose. Oh, that's yeah. convenient. And so then finally, Korean dragons have four toes. Com- comfy middle spot. <clears throat> the Koreans believe that <clears throat> dra- the Eastern dragons originated from Korea, of course. And when dragons leave Korea and go toward China, they gain toes. <laughs> and when they go to Japan, they lose those. Of course. And, and so <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting this from a website that's, like, as credible as I could find. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the act. I'm, like, you know, I'm not a mythologist or anything, so I don't know know the merit of this, but I want it to be true so bad. Yeah, well, the one thing that came up a lot is that for the royal, like, insignia for the dragon, it it came coming up that it's important that they have five claws. And so that's actually something I was like, why do they keep bringing up that the insignia has to have five claws? And that's so... Yeah, because it's uh, some, a little bit of nationalism. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's some aspects of the dragon in terms of if they're from Japan or not. And then there's also differences from females to, to male dragons. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, the differences are uh, males usually have clubs on their tails. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like like a like a club-ending tail, maybe spikes. But females have fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like a fan tail. So it's kind of like Pikachu's. That <laughs> yeah. The male have the sharp end, but the females have the heart shape. Exactly. Um, uh. Uh, they they're often depicted ascending or descending from clouds, and um, sometimes you could see a pearl on the dragon, which they consider a pearl of wisdom uh that the dragon has is because uh they consider dragons very magical and very wise oh, is that where like the phrase give you a pearl, pearl of wisdom probably wisdom other things they have of course are horns the male's horns are thinner and near the base of the head yeah. uh and then are thicker and stronger more outwardly oh okay yeah which seems interesting yeah yeah and then females have uh manes uh, they're rounder and seem more balanced than the rigid manes of the males. So males kind uh, of have like sharp manes versus uh, females' manes who are like beautiful. Who can take care of their manes? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they that uh, that Farrah Fawcett spray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the noses are usually a bit straighter, and their scales are thinner. Um, of course, they're smaller because they're females. Uh-huh. <laughs> and finally, they have a thicker tail, uh, meaning like throughout the body. So they oh, like okay. yeah, a bit. Their thickies. Uh, that's all I have in terms of description for them. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit. So, according to the Handbook of Chinese Mythology, uh, so this is sort of a generalization, is that dragons control rain, rivers, and seas. They can control all water. They're a symbol of divine power and energy, and they tend to help. He- they tend to help heroes, and they are the bearers of gods and demigods. So that's kind of an interesting about Eastern versus Western, is that Western is usually fire and Eastern is water. Um, just a little interesting yeah. thing. Well, also, I feel like Western dragons are a bit more demonized. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we talk about Western dragons, but usually it's all because of Satan and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. That, that's basically the reasoning I could find is like, yeah, Satan. <laughs> right. Yeah, so they're always they're used as the symbol of power, strength, and good luck. There's like kind of a hierarchy of dragons, not really, but so these are the main ones. So the they're known as the four dragon kings. Right. So when you think of a eastern dragon, this is what they these are what these dra- dragon kings are, but they're different colors. So they control water and the weather, 
and they are the king of the dragons and all sea creatures within their domain. That's cool. And so they they take orders from the Jade Emperor, which it it's one of those things I could find a little bit. I think that the Jade Emperor is kind of the Zeus of their pantheon, you know, the up top. I'm okay. Not, I'm not sure about that. And I think they work a lot. They work with the Yellow Dragon, which was the 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 yellow emperor i'll talk about him later so there's the yellow emperor and he's basically the one who created japan uh, created china Mm -hmm. and so he's kind of viewed as like the first china chinese person i'll talk about him more later of course so there is the east china sea controlled by the azure dragon it is the essence of spring its name is i'm gonna mispronounce a lot of these names and i (laughs) apologize in advance yeah Definitely. Yeah, his name is Ao Guang. There, to the south, there's the Red Dragon, the Essence of Summer. His name is Ao Quin. To the north, in Lake ba- Baikal, is the Black Dragon, or also known as the Dark Dragon, or also known as the Mysterious Dragon. <laughs> so he's a sneaky boy. He's the Essence of Winter. His name is Ao Shang, or Ao Ming. And then to the west, in the Qinggai Lake, is the White Dragon. The Essence of Autumn, his name is Ao Run, Ao Jun, or Ao Ji. So these are the big uh, dragons that look over the people. Dragons? The other dragons, yeah. Dragon. Dragons with crazier. (laughs) (laughs) So, among these dragons, there's one known as the Yingluang, which is a winged dragon. He's considered one of the oldest. He is a rain deity, as most dragons are, and he's a servant of the Yellow Emperor. Well, yeah, he was alive long enough to grow wings. Yeah, yeah, so one of the things is, I guess, the older an eastern dragon is, they grow wings. What if that was true about humans? Like, the longer we were alive, we like, just, like, grow when things. you hit the 150-year mark, you just start growing wings. Yeah, just sprout some horns. I mean, it's not impossible. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's the servant of uh, the Yellow Emperor. Uh, and he is known for helping King Yu. So here's a little story about this dragon. So <laughs> King Yu was just a regular dude when his father was executed uh, because he was given the job by the emperor to get rid, to stop flooding. He didn't and, stop the flooding. Yeah, because flooding was a big problem. So they're like, hey, you're a descendant of the Yellow Emperor. You should stop the flooding. And he couldn't. So That's mighty unfortunate. Him. Yeah, but his father's body didn't decompose. I guess they just left him there, but his body wouldn't decompose. And so they cut it open, and that's where Yu was born. Huh. So he, the emperor told Yu, it's your job to, <laughs> to control the floods. And so now he had to learn how to stop the floods. And so with the help of the Yinglong dragon, he was able to construct canals that helped divide China into the nine provinces and also helped stop with the floods. So, <clears throat> kind of what I have right here ties a little bit into what you got going on over there. So, there are nine types of Chinese dragon dragons, mm-hmm. um, also called Oriental dragons. Um, so, the number nine is lucky in Chinese culture. And uh, so, these dragons are the horned dragon, the celestial dragon, the spiritual, the winged. Uh, the dragon hidden uh, of hidden treasures, the coiling dragon, the yellow dragon, and the dragon king, which I believe you mentioned almost all of these in your story. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so the Horn Dragon is Lung. Uh, they're very powerful. Uh, and um, they're the most powerful of the Oriental Dragons and are apparently completely deaf. That's like actually oh. like an added. The an interesting thing that they noted here. Uh, they can produce rain and um, their head points south and the tail points north. Well, like, so I'm assuming in like paintings and stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a symbol of the east and the sun. Um, the Celestial Dragon protects the mansion of the gods and the Chinese. And the Spiritual Dragon uh, creates uh, rain and wind for people. So it's like, um, sort of like, uh, for any Pokemon fans, uh, Dragonite. You know how he helps like sailors at sea yeah. and whatnot? Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Like, he creates the winds and the tides. Which, interestingly, there was multiple instances where, um, and I know this is for Japan, and these dragons currently are Chinese, mm-hmm. but of course they go kind of hand in hand yeah, because yeah. they have very similar belief systems yeah. throughout. Well, the Japanese got a lot of their culture. From yeah, the Chinese. I mean they're they're right, you know, yeah. they're right there. And so, um, interestingly though, sh- the ch- Japanese strongly thank the uh, the winds for saving them from invasion by the Chinese multiple oh, times. Yeah. I think on three different occasions, yeah. winds and storms stopped the Chinese from being able to invade and take over Japan, technically. Yeah. yeah, I remember there's one story specifically where the Chinese emperor was just like, we're going to invade Japan, and everyone's like, we don't have a big enough navy to do that. So he's just like, we'll just take the boats from the people and do that and they're like well these are all river boats they can't go in the ocean yeah. and he's like i don't care fix them up <laughs> and then so they did that and they just made these shitty uh, ships because they didn't have enough time mm-hmm. to make them good and so they're like let's go and so they're just in these like really awful boats dinky these, boats yeah and these little river boats and then like just storm comes in and takes them all out yeah um even in one of the more like recent where they actually had a pretty decent fleet mm-hmm. uh a st- i believe a monsoon oh my god yeah a monsoon destroyed their fleet when they were getting they're officially getting the upper hand on japan and like moving in yeah. a monsoon tore through their fleet yeah. um japan, and so if, if they get if the chinese get on japan there's not much they could do not at all so many of them and most of it is mountains so yeah it's like yeah just take the important parts and exactly and so um the the Japanese and which I find it really interesting that on like multiple occasions, storms and monsoons really did save yeah, the, yeah, the Japanese. Yeah, really and, interesting. Yeah, that's really neat. Like this peculiarity of nature, it's like it almost seems like a level of favoritism or yeah. like a balance to keep. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, so that definitely can tie into the beliefs of dragons and these mythical beings and creatures that are benevolent towards man with the wind and the tides. Mm-hmm. Um. So then there's the Coiling Dragon, which lives in the water, uh, lakes, and uh, deep, deep waters. So, like, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or, you know, other coiled dragons. Um, there's the Yellow Dragon, which you mentioned. Uh, very important for this dragon emerged from water and aided F- Emperor Fu Shi by showing him writing. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So this dragon um, brought the knowledge of uh, writing to oh, humans. Okay. And then the Dragon Kings, as you mentioned, is four dragons. Um, they keep watch over the main seas and are honored and respected. As they, uh, they're the dragons that the Chinese went to if there was little or no rain. Oh. So they would pray to these dragons and, um, you know, pray for rain and what they needed to keep themselves alive. And the four lived in north, south, east, and west. 
<clears throat> yeah, so that's what I have on the Oriental Dragons. Of course, there's a little bit, like, variations between, like, the Japanese and Korean dragons, but for the most part, they do kind of uh, stay in the same... Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all alike. Yeah, and then there's their ability to fly, which, as we've mentioned, they not all of them have wings. Like, old, old yeah. dragons have wings. Uh, they're magical beings, and so they were able to fly by magic. So on Chinese dragons, they had this thing on their head, and it was a lump that was called, uh-oh, Chi-i-mu, which I'm most likely saying wrong. Uh, and this is apparently often omitted in pictures, but is uh, very frequently written about. Oh, okay. And, um, and so they, uh, often the Chinese do not want to put it in order, uh, in to the pictures due to the fact that it looks normal. It just, it's like a weird lump. Oh, like, okay. it's not yeah. like a magical stoner, it's like yeah. a lump. It's just an aesthetic problem? Yeah, and so it it's what gives them the ability to fly. You know, they're like, it doesn't make our dragon look pretty. <laughs> exactly. But then, in lieu of a uh, the lump, the chi'imu, there was, um, someone have a wand, or like a baton, like like a like a staff-like object, mm, okay. uh, called a poshan, and this would endow them with the ability oh, to fly. Kind of like Wonder Woman's, I think, boots? Yeah. Boots that let her fly? Of course. Is that? Wait. Is that like, is that canon? Sorry. I think so, yeah. I don't think she has the natural ability to fly. I think she has like magic boots or something. In the, well no, because in the DCU she doesn't fly, does she? No. Like she jumps, like in the, like in the movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully those are going to be not canon pretty soon. So. Yeah, we should just not have any more of those ever. So or bad. make them good. <laughs> Honestly. And then there's a little bit on the Japanese dragon types. So there's, there's the Sui Ryu, the Han Ryu, the Ri Ryu, the Ka Ryu, Fuku Ryu, and Hai Ryu. So I'll just go really quick through these. So the Japanese, uh, the Sui Ryu is the Japanese Dragon King. The Dragon King was in charge of all the rain, and he was sometimes often known as the Rain Dragon. Uh, Han Rui, Ryu is the striped Japanese dragon, um, around 40 feet long, and uh, this is a dragon that can never reach heaven. I don't know what the backstory oh. behind that is, but I'm sure, you know, there's, like, complex stories oh, that so explain bummer. that. Yeah. Then there's Ri Ryu, which is more of an unknown dragon. But it apparently had exceptional eyesight oh. in comparison to the other dragons. So you, you can't see it, but it can see you. Yeah, like like it's a sniper. <laughs> um, this is there's the Karyu, which was one of the smaller beings of the Japanese dragons, and um, it was only seven feet long. Which I mean, that's yeah. like that's not very big. Yeah, it's a little bit taller than you. Uh, and it is said that the Karyu was like a bright, fiery red. Mm -hmm. It's feisty. It's a feisty boy. Uh, the Fuku Ryu, which is a dragon of luck, and so when I think of that, I think of like like at the casinos and stuff where there's like that gold dragon holding the coin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then there's the High Ryo. Oh, High Ryo, and that's the Japanese dragon bird, which is uh like the Chinese Ying Lung. Uh, it was the most evolved form of a dragon, and oh, evolves okay. in quotes here. But yeah, that's what I've got on Eastern dragons. Shenlong? Did, did you talk about the Shenlong? Um, no, actually. I don't think I did. Uh, yeah, so they're, of course, the bringer of rain. Uh, they have blue-green scales, and they control wind, clouds, and rain. So they're very important to the to people of agriculture. And they're super nice to them, because I guess these guys have a temper. And 
if you insult them in any way, they will bring bad weather, drought, flood, and thunderstorms. I'm just saying, why would you ever insult a dragon? Even if they didn't have a temper. Like, (laughs) you you dumb, scaly monster. And it's like, well, that thing can eat you. Like, literally. Yeah, and uh, I think this is the... Uh, this is the specifically the one that the Chinese emperors carry, like have on their clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah, with the yeah, so it comes up that's the has five claws, and so it's this is specifically the imperial dragon. That's interesting. Uh, so you you did talk a little bit about the the Fuzan one that they carry. They protect hidden treasure, both natural and man made, and they create volcanoes when they go up to report to heaven. Did you say treasure? Yeah, treasure. Treasure. <laughs> uh, they create volcanoes and they go up to report to heaven? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, so, hey, maybe <laughs> volcanoes have treasure in the bottom of them. Uh, so now I'm going to jump into a volcano. I'm glad you... I just I just want to get my gripe out with Hollywood really quick. Yeah. Uh, magma is so hot that when a character falls into a volcano, they should combust before they hit the magma. And wouldn't you bounce off magma too? You wouldn't go. You wouldn't splash into it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dense. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so you would be on fire. Fo- you'd die before you hit it because it would burn up all the oxygen around you. I could take it. And it light you on fire, and kill you almost immediately before you even touched it. And so those stupid scenes, like in, I love Lord of the Rings, but like in Lord of the Rings, when the ring drops and old Gollum slash Smeagol's head self jumps up and grabs the ring and falls in there and splashes into the lava. That's firmly incorrect. Yeah, but it looks better. No, it doesn't. Yes, uh, it does. The no, sci- scientific accuracy looks better. Remember, kid, science is sexy. <laughs> yeah, science is sexy. But uh, that's neat. Yeah, and then the final one is the... Uh, Jowlong, which is uh, known as the tiger crocodile. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, That's horrifying. Yeah, well, no, it's not. It's the opposite. So, oh, really? Yeah, so it's a river dragon. That it's a crocodile with a tiger's head? It's, no, it's just a, it just looks like a fish with a snake's tail. Oh. And they make a noise like a duck. <laughs> and Quack. they have healing properties. Quack. And they can help with swollen abscess and can treat hemorrhoids if you eat them. Oh, yeah. so like, then why do they call it a tiger crocodile? You know. I was imagining like a tiger, like a large tiger with like a crocodile's head and scales that just m- crunch and munches people, just crunching and munching. Yeah, that's what you think. Oh, oh, there's a little bit more. Oh, so okay. yeah, there is some crunching and munching happening. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that's one of them, the cool ones, but now these are like the metal ones. So these <laughs> ones... They can appear with as a four-legged snake with a small head, narrow neck, white scales, and it lays eggs. And it can be as long as ten meters, and so this one eats people. What's how long is ten meters? I don't know. I'm an American, and I only use freedom units. That's why I asked. (laughs) I mean, the second some people get to the moon with meters, then I'll start using meters. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, it looks. You alright there? No. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> so, uh, it looks like a snake with a tiger head. It is. It can become incredibly long. Obviously 10 meters, however long that is. <laughs> I'm googling it. I mean, it's probably around 10 feet. I don't know. That's wrong. 
I I don't know meters, but I know that's it's wrong. It's either more or less than ten feet. It's at least ten feet. So this one makes the a noise like a ball, and what it does is it traps humans with its saliva. Then it pulls it under the pulls them under the water and sucks their blood through their armpits. Thirty two feet. Wait a second. What? Yeah, it's sucky sucky on your armpit. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's real. I'm not into that. But that is interesting because um. Like, your armpit is one of your warmest parts of the body. Mm. It's like, I wonder if the blood coming through there is super warm. Yeah, you, it's like your armpit, your, uh, your like, crotchal region, and, um, the, like, your, your nape. Mm. That's why when you're getting in a pool, those are the parts you hate the most once you get oh, in. That's, that's why jumping in is the best. Like, waiting, like, when you yeah. snorkel, when you wade in, that's, it's the worst to get those parts wet, because they're, like, super warm. Yeah. 32 feet. 32 feet. So yeah. I was right that it's more than 10 feet. Like I said, at least 10 feet. But yeah, no, 10 meters is pretty big. Uh, dragons, the bit of dragons grounded in reality, right? Okay. Because we know these stories um, are kind of uh, colloquials and uh, stories told throughout history to explain the unexplainable at the time. Um, and also, uh, like, what exactly these creatures are grounded in reality. So, uh, I believe in 2006, a couple of Chinese farmers discovered a 50-foot-long skeleton that uh, was revealed to be a new species of long-necked dinosaur. Uh, they called it the Quijing Long, and its neck spans half of its body. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a 25-foot neck. Um, and so I'm just saying, had any of these ever been on Earth at some point in the past, mm-hmm. what do you think? Dragon. Yeah. I yeah. actually have a little note that in 300 BC, they found some dinosaur bones in Szechuan, and so they ground up the bones and used it as medicine and stuff. <laughs> That's unfortunate. I I love paleontology, and like, the idea that like the bones were just ground up, and it was probably pretty well preserved, makes me really sad. Yeah, it's a real bummer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Li Xing, a member of the research team, sorry if I butchered that, na- butchered that name, uh, from the University of Alberta, who made the discovery, told CNN that they named it Quijang Long, uh, or the Dragon of Quijang, uh, because farmers thought the bones resembled the shape of Chinese mythical dragons, of course. And um, so, yeah, so this is a very large um, dinosaur, 50 feet, humongous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the findings were uh, honestly just enamoring in terms of the neck to body size. Yeah. They believe that it was possibly, uh, like, would go fishing. <laughs> like, you know, it would fish and um, eat from the water and also everywhere else. Uh, the, also, the discovery suggests that there may have been another species of long neck, long necks with the genus from different continents. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, once again, we, we know, we feel like we know so much about dinosaurs mm-hmm. because of what we've been told, but, like, we really don't know anything. Yeah, like, we have no idea what they really look like. Exactly. They could, they could have pink, bright pink fur. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in terms of long necks, this kind of opens up a whole new like world of like, whoa, like there might have been a lot more different species that had evolved differently than we had anticipated. I just can't get the idea of like a bright pink T-Rex chasing you. That'd be the scariest thing. Oh, that'd be horrifying. <laughs> All right, so I'll finish this off with this little story of a little black dragon. So, uh, this black dragon was born to a poor family. Uh, 
when he's born, his mother freaks out because she just gave birth to a dragon. Yeah. Right? And so she faints while he tries to go breastfeed. Oh. So, that's kind of sad. Yeah, it's a re- the story is kind of a bummer. <laughs> so uh, her husband comes home and finds his wife unconscious next to this baby dragon. Yeah. And he's just like, what is happening? <laughs> Imagine? <laughs> like, what do you do? Well, this is what he did. Uh-oh. So, in anger and fear, he hits the baby dragon with his shovel. Aww. And uh, he's able to cut off a part of its tail, and so the dragon flies away. Poor baby. He goes northeast and settles in the Black Dragon River and becomes the river's god. <laughs> what a glow-up. Yeah. Go for Good for that baby dragon. Yeah, he had a rough childhood, but he made he, he figured it out. He made it happen. Yeah, so he took his mother's name, Lee, and became the short-tailed old Lee. It's kind of, it's kind of like Brand the Broken. <laughs> like, do you have to point out my disability? Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's the thing you're going to target about me? Yeah, and so, uh, so after, but after like however many years, his mother eventually dies, and he goes and visits his, uh, her grave every year. And so that's when every time he comes in, it rains. Oh, so that's so they know they know when it rains. That's when he comes in to visit yes. his mother. It's the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a little yeah. sweet. It's a cute little short story. Yeah, a little sad, sweet, a little, a little salty sweetness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Overall, I think dragons are a super fascinating thing. Um. I fell in love with dragons when I was really little, because I watched uh my grand my grandmother was in love with sci fi. And she, have you seen Dragonheart? No. Oh, Dragonheart's such a good movie. Uh, it's it's Western style dragon, but uh, he dragons are like these powerful creatures, and of course knights hunt them. Mm-hmm. But dragons can give pieces of their heart to other beings to save them, oh. and so this dragon saves the king, or the the prince with his heart. But the prince now feels immortal and feels his entitlement, and he becomes like a total a-hole. Uh, and then the knight who hunts dragons befriends the dragon. Uh-huh. They become friends. They go through all this. It's, it's really sweet. Um, oh, that actually sounds pretty good. Oh, they're they're so good. I mean, the CGI is rough, but like oh, okay. it's the story is so so worth it. And as a kid, the CGI was like the coolest. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Dragonheart and Dragonheart Two. Dragonheart Two is not as great, but I mean, oh. it's dragons. Come on. Yeah. And then, you know, there's dragons represented in pop culture everywhere. Pokemon, Dragon Ball, um, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, though dragons may have may no longer be believed in as heavily anymore in terms of religion, uh, they still are so prevalent in uh, current society yeah. because they really are, I think, um, sort of an explanation and a story for nature and, you know. Yeah. Oh, amazing. one little thing I wanted to add. I remember in anthropology we were talking about how uh, people walked across the uh, the ice bridge connecting like the tip of Russia to uh, Alaska. What is that called? I I don't. I think it's just called the ice bridge. I don't remember if there's a name for it. I was having a discussion with some coworkers, and he swore he, like there was a name, but he couldn't remember it. Yeah, I think there's a name, but you know, I'm sure everyone can figure it out if I'm like the ice bridge. Yeah, so, someone so, figure it out. So, yeah, and that's why the Aztec serpent looks a lot like the Chinese dragon, mm-hmm. is because it, they were probably ancestors. That's really neat. Yeah. Quet, uh, Quetzalcoatl. 
Wait, Quake, 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 Uh, we can talk about that with Western Dragons. Yeah. I feel kind of means closer this way. I, that's one thing I find super interesting about dragons though, right? Mm-hmm. Is though they look different, that there's a type of dragon in almost every continent. Yeah, yeah. Like, even like, uh, like, the African continents, like this, they have these ideas of these serpentine, like, large yeah. creatures, you know, the dinosaurs probably like bones, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think that's so neat. Well, unless they're all lizard people, that would explain it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, they were the Dracos? I mean, probably. Yeah, uh, listen, if you haven't listened, heard our other episode, listen to that. We yeah. talk about lizard folk. Expand your mind. Love people. <sighs> yeah. Alright. Well, thank you guys for listening. This is Creepy Crawling Cryptids. Um, I'm Adam Gonzalez. And I'm Jesse Espinoza. And uh, we'll see you next time. We're going to go ahead and fly out on our dragon's back. All right, we're on the dragon. <laughs> we, we've gotten on the dragon now. See you later. Bye. Bye.